Have you wondered what soft skills are and are not? Well, in today's episode, we'll provide you with a clear answer that will help you become a better worker and a better leader. Welcome to Serious Soft Skills, where we help you unleash the power of soft skills. Here are your hosts, Dr. Tobin Porterfield and Bob Graham. Take it away, guys. Welcome to Episode 1 of Serious Soft Skills. I'm Bob Graham, and with me is Dr. Tobin Porterfield. Hey, Toby, how are you today? Great. Great to talk about soft skills. Great. Well, that's what we're going to do today. We're going to sort of explain what soft skills are in general because there's a lot of mystery out there, and we're going to sort of go into it in a way that I think people are going to be really excited to get a better understanding. So why don't we start first with the big question, Toby. Why soft skills now? Why are we talking about this in the first place? Absolutely. And and we know from our research and digging that soft skills go back almost 50 years now. So it's not a new term for us. But what's new is that the, the world we're working in has really changed in, in two big ways. One is we're in a hyper competitive market right now where technology and globalization ha- have saturated how we do business. And, and that's not a new issue. We call it clock speed sometimes, where we say, well, the, the speed of change, the speed of decision-making has increased. But that's not a new thing if you were in the technology world, if you're Apple or you're in a, a SAP or a company like that. But what's different is that the, the hyper-competitive world is hitting all of us from a small business all the way up through global corporations. So, so the environment we work in is different. And then within our organizations, we're facing a multi, um, get the right term here, a multi-generational workforce now. So the complexities of how we interact with each other within our organizations is changing. And, and really, that's where soft skills come into play. Yeah. So, Toby, you mentioned small businesses. Um, give me an example or a situation uh, where soft skills are playing a role with small businesses, because we often think of it as a big thing like Google and IBM. And you mentioned SAP. Certainly. And, uh, and, and we know that even the term small business can be a, a, a landmine because we're really talking everything from your business down the street, the hardware store with three to five employees, all the way up to a, to a small company of 100, 150 employees. But those soft skills co- still come into play because we're in an environment right now where we have to be able to communicate with our customer. We have to be able to listen. We have to be able to respond to changes in the marketplace, regardless of the size of our company, or we're going to lose that customer. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. I certainly, I've seen it in my small business. You know, things change. Customers change. They, they have ownership switches. Um, you have management switches or even uh, companies change their focus. Like overnight, it's just one day they're doing A and next day they're doing B. And I think you, you bring up a good point. I guess it's the soft skills that really allow us to adapt to those things, to identify those areas where we might want to change in a small business, and to be able to play in that really complicated arena, I guess. Is that a good way to sort of summarize that? Absolutely. And, and I think it, it brings us right into... Well, what are these? You know, we're talking about that term. We're throwing around soft skills, and most people are familiar with it. And and I think our argument is that the soft skills are what help us be responsive and and allow our organization to not be complacent. So so when we talk about soft skills, um, it's a, a challenging term. We we've Bob, you know, we've had people respond to us and say, don't even use that term. Don't don't even call them soft skills because it makes them sound 
second class. It makes them sound unimportant. Use uh, critical skills. Use professional skills. And, and I know there's a lot of other terms out there, managerial skills, uh, communication skills. Some of those really narrow. Non Non-technical skills is one that you see in some of the literature, as I guess, as a contrast to technical skills. Absolutely. So, and, and I think when we look at a definition at, the, at its most basic level, we'd say, well, soft skills are everything that are not your technical skills. And so for a marketing person, those technical skills might be um, understanding the technology and knowing how to take a message out to their market, how to develop that message. Uh, so, so all of the us have tools that they would use, right? So whether you would send out a press release or do an email campaign, those types of specific things that you can sort of put your finger on, right? Just to sort of help you. Absolutely. And, and if you were an architect or an engineer, those hard skills or those technical skills become more obvious because I need to understand tension strengths and all kinds of technical things. So, um, so, but then the soft skills, then if we just say they're everything else, then that becomes awfully nebulous as well. Um, I like to use a little more working definition. Uh, um, I'd say that they're a portfolio of skills that allow us to work and operate within the context of an organization. So it's kind of like the, the glue that helps us move those technical skills into the marketplace. Okay, and I would I would assume it's not just within that organization, but the glue that would also allow you to work with other organizations. If I'm working with within my company, I start to go to uh, professional seminars and start talking to people, and I might develop partnerships, or we might do other things together, right? So it's not defined specifically to my company. It could be the world at large, correct? Oh, absolutely. And I think you make a great point. And I use that term organization, but you're right. Uh, we're really in a virtual world these days where our organization is not bound by the four walls we, we sit within. It's, it's within, it's to everything down to our customers, it's our suppliers, it's our competitors, it's that microcosm that we operate within. And, and you're right, that's where the soft skills help us work within that context. Can you give us a couple of, uh, I know you've mentioned a couple, but can you tell us some more of the soft skills so we can sort of start putting our finger on them? Because we've talked so far pre-conceptually, and I don't want people to just think that we're going to talk concepts, because I think sometimes when you start to get to the details, it gets a little more clear, at least to me. Certainly, and, and you're right. When we started on this project a couple of years ago, we started to realize that their soft skills are a lot of different things. And so we dug through the literature. And, and as you know, we found over 50 different specific items that are defined as soft skills. And, and that runs a gambit, everything from what I call a personal or a very close soft skill like loyalty, perseverance, listening skills. So things that are, are really unique and, and internal to the person. And then we can go out from there and say, well, there's soft skills that help us interact with other people like conflict management, um, uh, communication, written communication, as well as oral communication. And then even at the greater uh, organization level, change management, uh, leadership, project management, uh, teamwork. Work, teamwork, absolutely, yep. to work with ambiguity. So so that list we have uh, is pretty extensive. And, and that all of a sudden takes something like soft skills that I think everyone's familiar with the term. And it starts to really granulate it and say, well, hold it. What are those soft skills? Do, 
Do I have I developed those soft skills? Do I need all those soft skills in my current situation? And uh, I think that's an important part is to really get beyond that conceptual bubble that, oh, soft skills. Yeah, they're really important. But what are they? And, and which ones do I have and which ones do I need? And I think you're, you're very kind to talk uh, so uh, eloquently about how we came upon that list. But you did a lot of that research. And I remember when we had breakfast and you brought that list to me and it was over 50. And I was prepared for 15 or 20 soft skills. And it was over 50. And immediately we both talked about how this is just too overwhelming to possibly be able to be useful. I mean, a list of 50, imagine going to a restaurant and you have 50 menu options versus 20 or 10. So I think one of the things in our research is starting to show this is we're really trying to define those in groupings that will lead us to better clarity and better opportunities to, to employ them. Is that a good way to describe what we're kind of doing in the background right now? Absolutely, absolutely. Because uh, I don't want that that large, I'll call them an array of soft skills to, to make people feel overwhelmed and say, well, it's just too much. I'm not going to deal with it. That's not the case. That's not the option. We've got to deal with them. And they are manageable. And I think we can find ways to assess them, to identify them, and then really to develop them or it, when necessary to hire appropriately that we can fill those gaps in our soft skills within our organization. So we can handle this, but we've got to we got to dig in and find the way. And I think one of the great things about why we started this podcast is we wanted people to go on that journey with us sort of as we make our discoveries and we evolve with this, that they can go with us and, and hopefully learn from us, but also share with us. You know, I look forward to a, a, a community of discovery, if you will, that, that allows us all to get better at it because it's really important. I think as you and I have said countless times, this is really the key to the future for success in organizations. So we're not just doing this for fun. We're doing this because we see an upside potential for everyone who is listening to this. So, Toby, let me sort of shift gears a little bit, if I can. We've talked a bit about soft skills, but let's talk about what technical skills are for a moment so that we can make sure that we have that in a way that we can make that strong contrast. So can you sort of explain what technical skills might be? Yeah, I think that's a that's a great. We we've kind of alluded to this time frame that we've gone through and and this this learning path over the last fifty years of of research and so forth. And and I think a great place to start is back in what nineteen seventy four when Whitmore and Fry were doing a study for the Army and uh, of all places for the Army to be uh, the source of our term that we use soft skills. And uh, Whitmore and Fry I think did a really um, ingenious thing. They looked at the operations of a, of a soldier and said, well, hold it, there's things that are directly related to working with machines, the, the technical aspects of artillery and weapons and uh, the like. And so there are skills that they must have in order to be able to do what they do. And they fairly clearly said, well, those are those technical skills. And then for us, they coined that term soft skills and said, well, everything else that how we manage people, how we um, uh, have loyalty, how we uh, work together as a team, those are soft skills. So kind of Whitmore and Fry teed it up for us and kind of opened the floodgates to, to where, we're, where we are right now. And didn't they use the phrase to con contrast with soft skills? And I think it's important to mention that they, they use the phrase hard skills for those machine 
related skills, things you do with machines. So that there was a logical contrast there that gets lost with now we call what they called hard skills technical skills and then we call soft skills soft skills and technical versus soft seems disingenuous and, and sort of puts the soft skills in the subservient role when the, they, they sort of thought of it more as hard skills and soft skills, hard skills being the things that you do with the machine, which is kind of hard. And if you think of the military, it is hard, you know, that real tactical kind of stuff and the soft skills sort of being that people stuff. And I think when you start to look at that and then I'm amazed when, when we discovered that this had gone back that far, I was just floored because those guys were way ahead of their time. I mean, here we are 50 years later and everything is technology, everything is computer driven, and we've gotten so many routine tasks now in the role uh, being done by computers and by software and all these things. And for them to see 50 years ago that we were going to be in this place where I would have a computer in my pocket that I could communicate with you in real time, it's just staggering to me and really speaks to how long it's taken for us to sort of accept as a, a, a society the role of soft skills. I mean, it has been almost 50 years, and that's a long time when you think about it for something to evolve. But during the process of the last 50 years, Toby, it's not like these guys said, hey, we have hard skills and soft skills, and then no one thought about this, right? There were some other intervening steps. Can you sort of walk us through that? Because I think it helps us to understand where we are now. Bob, you make a really good point that we just didn't suddenly jump 50 years to where we are right now, and suddenly we've got this, this giant lens to look at soft skills. There were a couple key steps along the way, and I, I think the next big one was in about 1988 when Porter and McKibben, they were up to other researchers, and they were looking at the education process, and they really... Um, challenged the uh, academic world to say, well, hold it, you're teaching all of these technical skills, all these hard skills, but in order for your graduates to succeed today, they need soft skills. And so uh, they caused us to rethink how we do MBA education in particular, and curriculum was rewritten extensively as a result of the report that they put together. So they were a real wake-up call to the academic world. I think the next big juncture we saw was in the mid-1990s when Goldman uh, popularized the term emotional intelligence. And it was a time when people were just ready to, to understand what's going on with competitiveness now, why aren't our businesses as successful as we want them to be. And Goldman put together a series of books that, that I think everyone read, or at least read parts of them. And we woke up to this emotional intelligence element. And, and the message he, I believe, was giving us was that we need to understand our own internal uh, emotions, our drivers, and we also have to be um, aware of and sensitive to those same aspects of the people we work with. So, so Goldman really opened our eyes to these uh, soft areas of not just, you know, what's your latest innovation, what's your latest product you're going to launch. It was how do I integrate with these people in order to launch those new products. So while soft skills are really much bigger than emotional intelligence, and, and we see emotional intelligence as part of the whole portfolio of soft skills, uh, Goldman really woke us all up to it and got it into the discussion. Okay. Has there been uh, anything since that time? Because that's what, early, uh, late 90s? So 
that's like almost a 20-year gap. Did we go to sleep and we're, we came out like a cicada, or has there been stuff along the way? Absolutely. And, and I guess that that's what we found that we had to dig through and really look at all these studies. And, and what we found uh, was that there were lots of studies done, uh, surveys and research and cases and so forth that, that started to unwrap soft skills. But what we found was that people were kind of pecking away at it and, and saying, well, hold it, these, these non-technical things are out there. What are they? And, and some studies look at leadership and some look at communication and, and some focus on ethical issues. And others, uh, we've, we've seen some research into child psychology that really looks at uh, as a child develops those abilities to interact with others, to persevere, uh, to make ethical decisions. And so that just carries all the way through. But we find that, that the, the research is a bit compartmentalized. And so our effort is really to bring all of those together and say, well, okay, let's, let's look at this greater body of what soft skills are. There have literally been hundreds of studies uh, since the 80s and 90s that have gotten at pieces of this. And uh, it's time to pull it all together. Well, I think that probably gives us a great point to stop this episode, Toby, and just sort of tell people in the coming weeks, we're going to delve deeper into what soft skills are, how they empower workers and organizations, and we're going to give you some more concrete examples of where they are and where they are not working, including research that's coming out and just uh, case studies that you see, that we see. So that's what you can look forward to over the coming episodes, but let me also sort of tease next week. Next week, we're going to look at who needs to employ soft skills? Is it just for managers and leaders, or can every worker in every organization benefit from employing soft skills? All that and more in episode two. We hope you'll join us. Until then, thanks for listening. Good day and good soft skills. Okay. You've been listening to Serious Soft Skills with your hosts, Dr. Tobin Porterfield and Bob Graham. If you like what you hear, then take a moment to review us on iTunes. Looking for more insights on soft skills? Then check out our website, SeriousSoftSkills.com, for blog posts, newsletters, and other resources. And look for a new episode of Serious Soft Skills every Wednesday.